Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Mark chapter 9 verse 17. Man, I've been just living on this word and God has just been speaking to me so heavy, telling me, Rolando, are you willing to believe the impossible? Are you willing, I'm sorry, I'm excited today. Are you willing to believe the impossible? We have a situation here in Mark chapter 9 where there's an impossible situation. But are you willing to believe the impossible? And he says, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Sounds like some of our kids, right? (laughs) That was horrible. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? bring the boy to me so they brought the boy but when the evil spirit saw it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground writhing and foaming at the mouth notice right before he was about to get his freedom the enemy attacked him the hardest did you catch that Right before, you know that time in your life where you are about to be all in, the enemy will try to attack you the hardest. And can I tell you something? The enemy's not trying to play patty cake with you. He's trying to destroy you. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can what do you mean if i can jesus asked anything is possible if a person believes the father instantly cried out i do believe but help me overcome my unbelief and when jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers were was growing he rebuked he rebuked the evil spirit listen you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak he said i command you to come out of this child and never enter him again next verse then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into a violent convulsion and left him the boy appeared to be dead A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. I want to go now to Matthew chapter 17, which is another account of this story written by Matthew. And the disciples could not cast this demonic spirit out and they were confused. They didn't understand why. And so here's where we pick up on the story. And it says, afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, 
why couldn't we ask, why couldn't we, why couldn't we cast out the demon? Verse 20, you don't have enough faith. How's that for an encouraging message right there? <laughs> Let me encourage you real quick. You don't have enough faith. Thank you, Jesus. I feel real good about myself now. I tell you the truth. If you've had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing, someone shout nothing, would be impossible. Say nothing would be impossible. Can we get that in our spirit for a second? Say it one more time. Nothing would be impossible. I want to give you the title of today's message. Uh, it might sound strange, but I want you to grasp this. Look at the person next to you. Just tell them the title of today's, to today's message. Tell them impossible faith. Look at the person on the other side, the one that you rejected. Tell them impossible faith. Look at the person behind you, the one that you don't want them breathing on you. Tell them impossible <laughs> faith. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a second. Father, we thank you that you give us this opportunity to speak to your people. I pray, God, that you may give us a word, not just of information, but of transformation. That when we step out of these doors, that our lives will be better because we have placed more trust in you. So today we begin that journey, Lord. Help us have impossible faith today. We love you, Lord. I thank you that you give me the privilege of pastoring such an amazing church. I'm the pastor. I'm the father of to some amazing kids. And I get to be the husband to a gorgeous, beautiful wife. I'll keep it there. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give God a praise in this house just one more time? Hallelujah. Have you, ever, have you ever heard of this term oxymoron? Have you ever heard of this, this term oxymoron? It's a figure of speech in which apparently contradictory terms appear in conjunction. It's when you take two words that don't seem to make sense and put them next to each other. Or rather, two words that seem to have the opposite meaning and you put them to, together. Some of you go, guys know this very well. Have you ever heard of cruel kindness? Some of you guys are experts at cruel. No, you're either cruel or you're kind, right? Uh, what about this one? Act natural. No, you're either acting or you're being natural. You know what I'm talking about? I remember I was going with my, my, uh, my godson. We were taking a drive over to drop off my children to New Jersey, right? And um, I didn't know that that might be the last time he would ever want to get in the car with me by himself again. And so my godson, he's like, oh, Nino, can I go with you? I want to ride with you to, to, to drop off your kids. So I said, all right, come on, you'll, you'll take the ride with me. And my, my, uh, we, we go, we're singing the whole way there. And uh, we drop off my kids. And on the way back, it's just me and him. So I start teaching him how to drive. Don't tell his parents that. And I start, hey, okay, this is the basics. You know, when you see a stop sign, you roll through. When you see a yellow light, you, that means hurry up. When you see the HOV lane, that means that's the express lane. And, uh, and, and I'm just teaching him the, the, the basics of, of, of driving. And so <laughs> some of you guys need to retake your license test, all right? Uh, and I remember that uh, I was telling him, yeah, and when there's no speed limit, that means you just kind of make up your own. 
And so we were driving through this park that has this road, and in the park that has the road, I'm going a little faster than what I should, okay? Uh, I didn't know what the speed limit was, so I'm going a little faster, and what do I hear? Whoop, whoop! I get pulled over. You know, I get my pasta card ready. Where's my pasta card here? Hold on a second. I get my pasta card out, and, uh, and, and Jeremiah is terrified. He's in the back, and he's like, are we going to go to jail? I'm like, act natural. So he, be, he listened to what I said when I said act natural, so he started misbehaving. And I'm just shocked. That was too much. <laughs> Act natural. John, I love you. Um, I said, I look back, I put my hands on the steering wheel, I put the, turn off the keys, uh, the, the, the police officer, he's like, are we going to jail? I'm like, just act natural and we won't. It's one of those terms, right? Act natural. No, you're either acting or you're being natural, right? What about this one? You ever heard of uh, this term? You, you kind of uh, go to the mechanic and you want to get your uh, car checked. And what do you ask them? You ask them for an exact estimate. No, my friends, let me help you out. It's either exact <laughs> or it's an estimate. Or maybe you go to the Chinese shop and you want to get some uh, food. And what do you ask? You ask for jumbo shrimp. No, my friend, by definition, Shrimp means small, jumbo means big. What about this one? When uh, you are, oh, Hispanics, a lot of Hispanics, I come from a Hispanic home, and Hispanics are professionals at this when it's called, you ever heard of an open secret? That is the secret that everybody in the family knows, but no one's allowed to talk about it. Or, or, or maybe you're, you're arguing with your wife and your wife is like, why didn't you get me the lavender curtains? And you're like, yes, I did. And your wife says, no, that's not lavender, that's purple. And what does every man or every husband in the room say? Same difference. No, my friend, it's either the same or it's different. Or what about the greatest contradiction of them all? Maybe some of you guys would appreciate this more than me, but maybe the contradiction, the greatest contradiction of them all where uh, you will go to a beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, exquisite steakhouse. And you go to a steakhouse and when you're at the steakhouse, you sit down and you're your, 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 your mouth is salivating because it cannot wait to bite into what you are about to order. And you go to the steakhouse and the waiter says, hey, what can I get for you? And you look at them intently in the eye and you say, I want a delicious, juicy, vegan burger with vegan bacon with a side of vegan lasagna, some vegan cheesecake. Do we got meat eaters in the house? Do we got meat eaters in the house? Security, they cannot be trusted. Make sure you just. It's like a vegan burger, right? That doesn't make sense. We're just trying to, we're, we're trying to make it happen. We're trying. I'm on, I'm in the bottom half right now. But um, it's kind of like this, the title to today's message. Impossible faith kind of like an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense. Impossible faith where impossible means that it cannot happen. It cannot occur. It's inca incapable of being done. It is incapable of being attained or fulfilled. It is not possible. It cannot happen. But faith, on the other hand, faith says there is no such thing as impossible. 
Faith says, faith is actually an aff a firm belief in something in which there is no proof. Faith says impossibilities can exist because by definition, faith says we can overcome anything that at one point seems possible. See, I want to submit to you kind of like a redefinition of impossible faith. What if impossible faith meant to us today that it was a kind of faith that cannot be destroyed, a kind of faith that cannot be shaken, a kind of faith that cannot be overcome? What would it look like? Can you imagine having this kind of faith, a faith that would shape the way and mold the way you look at life, a faith that you would rest so confident and trust in the Lord you serve, a faith that would empower you to respond to your circumstances differently, a faith that would respond, would allow you to respond to your temptations differently, a faith that would allow you to look at your opportunities as you can overcome come them nothing is impossible a faith that cannot be shaken a faith that when things really look bad you say I'm gonna trust in the Lord a faith that you will say he will never leave me nor forsake me a faith that when you are faced with the greatest temptation of your life, you may say, I don't know how I got myself into this mess. But one thing I know, that the Lord will deliver me right out of, out of it. A faith that when trouble comes knocking at your door, your response is, he is my protector. He is my deliverer. He is my fortress. He is my solid foundation. Someone shout impossible faith. See, it's a faith, not a faith that, it doesn't mean that anything you go through or it doesn't mean that you'll have your way, you'll get your way with whatever you want, that no matter what it is that you're involved in, that it's just going to go your way. No, but it, it, it does mean that you'll have a faith that is unshaken, that is undestroyed, that is unmovable, that is Un, that you cannot overcome this faith. I, a faith that doesn't possess anxiety. A faith that doesn't possess fear. A faith that doesn't possess hesitation. A faith that is 100% pure, genuine, impossible faith. Look at the person next to you. Tell them impossible faith. A faith that when I'm depressed, my faith says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. An impossible faith. See, it's this kind of faith that Jesus, our God, wants all of us to have. What if I told you that the faith that God wants us to have is this kind of faith? A faith that we see no limitations. A faith that we can walk on water. A faith that we can step into a scenario and speak life into it. A faith that is unwavering. A, a faith that is unrelenting a faith that moves forward beyond every single obstacle see Jesus has us all on a journey of faith and the Bible says that we are called to live by faith and not by sight look at the person next to you tell them impossible faith so when we look at Matthew Mark chapter 9 verse 17 it says so they brought the boy but the evil spirit saw Jesus it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. 
the father instantly cried out. Watch this, watch this. He's saying to him, what do you mean if, if I can? And we're going to get to that in a moment. But he, in verse 24, he says, he hears what Jesus says to him. And based upon what Jesus says to him, he says, the, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Did you catch that? See, that sounds like a contradiction. That sounds like an oxymoron. I do believe, but help my unbelief. I do believe, but help my unbelief. And he hears, watch this, he hears Jesus speaking to him. He says, you can do anything if you believe. And something jumps out of him and he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Have you ever been there? Where within your soul, something ignites and something wakes up and something says, yes, I do believe. When we come to church and we hear the message being preached and something within us all says, yes, that's it. I do believe. And then we come and hear the songs and something within our heart lights up and says, yes, yes, I do believe. Because our spirit is becoming alive and becoming activated and something within us says, yes, this is no wonder that when we do what God has called us to do, we feel the most alive. Because I, I do believe anything is possible. Something resonates with the idea that anything is possible if you believe. And something within your spirit says, I do believe. I do believe, Pastor Ro. When we're called to give generously, yes, I feel alive. When we're called to serve the community, I don't know what it is. I feel exhausted, but yes, I feel alive. When I'm singing worship songs, yes, something within me is saying yes. But then... We look at our proverbial son, we say, but help my unbelief. Have you ever been there? It's like, I do believe, because I'm looking at the son, which is a representation of salvation. But then when I look back at my situation, the son of the man is the representation of the situation. See, when our eyes are focused on the salvation, we can shout out out of the top of our lungs, yes, I believe. But so often, we look at our reality and we go back home and we are facing our unbelief. And I love the transparency of this man because what you see is this man is full of faith, but you also see that he's also dealing with fear. You see that this man is saying, I believe, but, but Lord, help my unbelief. He's saying, I I have trust, God, but I also have trepidation. God, I have confidence, but I also have concern. I have assurance, but I also have apprehension. I have dependence, but I also have doubt. Have you ever been there where everything within you is saying, God, I believe that my family is going to be saved. I believe that you have called me to gain wealth. I believe that you have called me to be the head and not the tail. I believe that I'm called to live a victorious life. I believe that I've been called to overcome any sin or anything that displeases you. But Lord, I come back to my reality. I say, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief, God. 
Do you see my son? Because when I'm with you, God, I feel like I'm invincible. But when I'm in my situation, I feel like I can't no more. Lord, help my unbelief. And I want to submit to you, see, what you fill your lives with will ultimately determine where you sway. See, what you consume your life with will ultimately determine which side you sway to. Are you going to sway to the side of trepidation or you will sway to the side of trust? Are you going to sway to the side of fear or will you sway to the side of faith? What you consume your life with, the sum total of everything that you are filling your life with will ultimately determine if you have a faith that is full of fear or a faith that is full of trust. If you have a faith that has doubt or you have a faith that is fully dependent on God. See, this man was filled with, his whole situation was filled with doubt. And so he was filling his life with doubt and fear. Because look what happens. If you look at it, I mean, Jesus asks, asks the man, he says, hey, um, how long has he been dealing with this? How long has he been struggling with this? And he goes, oh, he's been dealing with this all his life. Since he was a young boy, he's been struggling with this. This spirit has been all over his life, and, and this is what he's consuming with. And then I go to your disciples, Jesus, and they can't really help me out. And now I feel more hopeless than I did because I had some hope when I came to Jesus' followers, and they couldn't help me. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? People will paint a picture of who Jesus is based upon the Jesus that you reflect to them. I'm going to let that marinate real quick. See, people will, it's not that people want nothing to do with God. It's that oftentimes people want nothing to do with the God that has been portrayed to them. And so they come to Jesus, and when he comes to Jesus, he says, if you can, can you help me out? Like, I, I, like Jesus is better than me because if I was Jesus, like this is the moment I start bragging. I would, start, like my wife asked me, hey, if you can, the other day, as I'm preparing this message and feeling spiritual and holy, my wife is like, hey, can you open this jar for me? And I'm like, if I can, woman. By the way, don't call your wife woman. I'm like, woman, if I can, what you, do you know who I am? Do you know? Do you see these 24-inch pythons? I almost got arrested the other day for carrying these guns. <laughs> that was horrible. Anyhow, I don't know, if, if I was like Jesus in that moment, I'd say to my, I, I, do you know who I am? Before, let me tell you something, man. You t if, if you can, can, can you, if you can, Jesus, can you help me? Notice why he said that. Because the disciples gave a false representation of what it means to follow Jesus. So people doubt Jesus because we present to them a weak Jesus by our life. They didn't like that. They didn't like that, lights. They didn't like that. How are you guys doing? I miss the Holy Spirit in the background. <laughs> and he says, what do you mean if I can, man? I would have... I would have taken that time. I said, listen, man, let me tell you something, bro. 
Let me tell you, do you know who I am? I am Jesus. Before Abraham was, I am. I was in the beginning. Oh, I would go to church right there. I was in the beginning, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, and here I am, baby. I am the creator of the universe. I created the stars. I created the moon. I created the sun. I created humanity, and guess what? I created the mind that would put the ingredients together to create the awesome dip in the world, Nutella. I am Jesus. But no, Jesus, he just kind of says, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? He goes, anything is possible if, you, if a person believes. And the father instantly cried, cried out, I do believe, but help my unbelief. See, after Jesus gave him a word, his tone began to change. And he, he now began to feed himself with a word that was life. Notice, notice, notice his response. He steps into the scene and he says, if you can. But Jesus says, hey, if you believe anything is possible, all of a sudden he says, I do believe. Did you catch that? So he steps into the scene and he's like, if you can, Jesus says, anything is possible if you believe. Now his faith has been activated. I do believe, but I'm still struggling with this. I do believe. I just, I just came out of this situation that I'm full of fear, full of doubt, full of trepidation. I'm apprehension, apprehension everything. I'm, but I believe, Jesus. And see, what you fill your lives with will ultimately dictate the type of faith that you possess. You know Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Oh, I'm, I'm ready to preach today. And so maybe you're in a situation that you're saying that this is an impossible situation. I, I, I've been dealing this for way too long. I've been surrounding myself with this situation way too long. Then sometimes you need to get into the right circle to hear some things that will activate your faith so that you can begin declaring over your life the thing that you want to see the most. See, because the more you drag your situation with you, it's only a matter of time till that situation is dragging you to your future. See, this is where the man was coming from. This is what he was filling his life with. But he had to get before the presence of God to activate something within him so that he can speak something he's never spoken before. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How do you fill yourself, how do you fill yourself up? What you hear, what you see, what you involved yourself with, what you're speaking about, what you're surrounding yourself with. All these are entry points to your soul. So whatever you are filling up, filling yourself up with is what you're going to speak out. What you're filling your life with is what you're going to speak out. Speak out. Can I tell you something? Um, what moves God is your faith. So if you're filling your life with or surrounding your life with negativity, what happens is the faith that we produce now becomes, has negative results. 
if you're filling your life, if we're filling our life with fear, the faith that we produce now becomes a faith that fails because we're living a life surrounded by fear. If you're filling your life, like I, I, I often get asked, um, um, or, or people tell me like, Pastor Roll, that message on Sunday was awesome. It blessed my life. It changed me. Man, you're the, you're the person I, I, I uh, listen to the most. And I appreciate that, and, but it's not true because you're the person that you listen to the most. And so if I am filling myself for an hour and a half at church, if I'm preaching maybe an hour and 45 minutes, and you have an hour and 45 minutes, but for the rest of your week, you're only listening to yourself, then you need to make sure that what you're speaking is according to the word of God. See, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so I need to be hearing the word of God in order, in order that I may speak the word of God. Because when I begin to speak the word of God, I then begin to hear the words that I speak. But if I'm only speaking opinion, or I'm only speaking negativity, or I'm only speaking things that the world system has taught me, then my faith is going to be based upon what I'm hearing and what I'm speaking. But if I have a life that's filled with the Word of God, then consequently, I will only begin to declare His promises. You know why it's so hard for Jesus' followers to oftentimes declare the promises of God? Catch this, because oftentimes we don't know that. So how could we declare the promises that God has for us if we don't know them in the first place? See, how can I live a life by faith if I'm not internalizing God's word for my soul? The only way that I can begin to shout out his promises, the only way that I can declare over my life what God wants for it is that I saturate myself in his word and listen to the words of my creator, listen to the words of my maker, listen to the word that spoke my life into existence. And then faith is coming into agreement with God and what God says about me in his word. Is that, does, that, does anybody believe that in the house? See, I, you can listen to podcasts, but you're, you are a podcast. You are a podcast because your soul needs to hear things that come out of your mouth. And if what you're seeing is, well, this is always going to be this way, we're always going to be in this mess. I'm never going to struggle. I'm, I'm never going to overcome this struggle. I'm, nev I'm never going to see this change. Your spirit begins to internalize it and believes it. So your faith now is based upon what you just heard. I don't, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm worthy enough. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if, I don't know if this is for me. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. This is too much. This is way too big for me. I can't. Well, now the faith that you produce, you've just internalized because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And faith comes by hearing, but not hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, but the, what, you, what comes out of your mouth, if it's not the word of God, then what you think you're producing is faith, but it's not faith at all. I got faith. No, that's not faith. 
That's like saying Taco Bell is real Mexican food. Are you hearing me, church? And so oftentimes we're filling ourselves. Like I went to, I went to, uh, uh, what's that place? Not Ruby Tuesdays. Red Robin. My God. I go to Red Robin and I'm, and I love it. You know why? Because I get to have bottomless sweet potato fries. Somebody tell the truth and shame the devil here. I have these sweet potato fries and they take forever to bring them. I think there's a strategy there, by the way. I made a formal complaint. I'm like, yo, I've eaten like three burgers and you still haven't brought my, my reload here. And, what I've, and, 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 I, and, I, and I saw a picture how we're constantly getting a refill of things. And then what we're full of is that which we are getting refills of. I am full of sweet potato fries because I had like four reloads yesterday. I know, forgive me. And I'm eating those, oh, can I get a refill? And that's what we do with life because every time we begin to speak into our lives, we are filling ourselves with that. We are filling ourselves. Can I, can I be honest with you? When the enemy comes knocking at, the, at your door, you can't quote to him Biggie and Poop, Tupac. Kicking the door, waving the option out. You can't. You can't. When the enemy comes at my door, what did Jesus come say to the enemy when the enemy came knocking on the door? He spoke to him the word. See, the reason that he was able to survive in the middle of temptation, the reason he was able to come in a 40-day fast, fast is because he was declaring the word of God. I want to be able to declare that the, when, when the enemy comes knocking on my door, I'm not just giving him lip service, but I'm declaring what God has said over my life. When the enemy says I am unworthy, I say I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. When the enemy comes accusing you and tempting you, you say I can over, overcome any temptation temptation because there is a deliverer in my life you start quoting the promises of Jesus when the enemy comes and says oh you're gonna die from that sickness you're gonna declare over your life no I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus does anybody here serve a God that can instill in us impossible faith what you fill yourself with will ultimately depict the level of faith that you possess. You fill your lives with. And so that's why there is a language of faith. See, because the language of faith is the one that God understands. And so if you look at Luke chapter 7, verse 50, he says your faith saves you. Mark chapter 5, verse 34, he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Luke chapter 18, verse 42, recover your sight by your faith. Matthew chapter 10, verse 52, your faith has healed you. See, Jesus says, it's in this moment where Jesus should be celebrating. The demon-possessed boy comes into the circle. He rebukes the spirit, he comes out. And this is the moment where we just celebrate because a life was restored, right? But no, Jesus had the thug life tattoo on his chest at that moment. 
And he says, how much faithless generation? How much must I put up with you? And it's almost at that moment that Jesus is saying, man, listen, by this time you should have gotten it already. See, by this time, there's an expectancy of what I want to do in your life. And by this time, you should have been rebuking demons. You've ha you should have been witnessing. You, ha you should have been setting the captives free. And in another translation, he says, these come out only through prayer. In other words, the power that you don't have is because of the lack of prayer that you possess. So because we're not connecting with God, we cannot properly demonstrate God to others so that they can come into a relationship with their creator. And this is the time where I'm like, yo, let's throw a party, man. Let's celebrate. But Jesus says, no, this is because we don't have enough faith. I know this is a real message. This might not be a shouting message, but I assure you that if you allow this message to pierce your heart, your, tr your life will never be the same. If you allow this message to touch you uh, and, and allow the walls in your life to come down for a moment, you'll see that God will instill in you impossible faith, a faith that is not shaken. I, I mean, how many of you guys kind of want to walk with this type of faith? You want to walk with this faith, not... Not a faith that's it's name it and claim it or blab it and grab it. No, a faith that says, hey, no matter what, I believe and I trust in the person of Jesus Christ. This might not make sense where I'm walking on water, but if God said it, then that settles it. And I believe the best is yet to come. I want to celebrate at this moment, but Jesus says, no, let me teach you a lesson so that you can celebrate more in the future. Because if you miss out on the lesson, then you'll live a life of regrets. And I want you to catch the lesson so that you can walk in the fullness of what I have for you. And he says, after the disciples asked privately, why wouldn't we, why couldn't we cast out the demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you've had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. I love this because he says, if you would say to that mountain. Can I tell you something today? There is power in your words. There is power in your words. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, the tongue, Proverbs chapter 18, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What you start declaring over your life, once you get God's faith within you, you start declaring his promises because the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit fruit. When was the last time we looked at the mountains in our life and said, get out of my way? So often we have succumbed to what life has brought us and accepted it instead of declaring that it may be removed out of your way. There are situations 
that are in front of you, obstacles that have been placed in front of you that God is calling you to be, to declare them to be removed and you have accepting, well, this is what it is. It is just what it is. This is what life, these are the cards that life dealt me. This is what I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. This is what I'm going to have to struggle with. This is what I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. But what if we began to speak life instead of death? See, because you will reap what you sow from your words. And if you sow words of death, you will reap more and more death in your life. And I'm not talking about physical death, but you will, you will slowly deteriorate instead of continuously begin to grow. And so are we living a life of death or a life of abundance? You know where the connection is? It's in your words. And again, I'm not talking about blabbing and grab it or naming and claim it. Oh, I'm going to have a Rolls Royce by tomorrow and it's going to appear in my parking lot. No, I wish. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when your words begin to align with what God's word says about you. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about when you look at your children and they don't seem like what God has declared, but you begin to declare it. I will train up a, a child the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from them. Children are a heritage of God. I'm going to declare you are a prophet. You are a royal priesthood. You are a shepherd, you are a pastor, you are a worship leader, even if you're in a gang, even if you're struggling with sin, even if you're in your own circumstance, whatever it is, I'm going to declare not what I see, but what I believe in faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when I hear the word of God, the word of God tells me I walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. 1 Peter chapter 1, catch this, catch this. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse says, these troubles test your faith. How do, you, how do you know you have real faith? When trouble comes. Your faith is tested. These troubles test your faith and prove that it is pure. Watch this. And such faith is worth more than gold. See, gold can be proved to be pure by fire, but gold will ruin. When your faith is proven to be pure, the result will be praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ comes. I love that because, I mean, gold is extremely valuable. How many of us can use some extra gold, right? Oh, we got some spiritual people in the house, you know. We got one honest person. How many, <laughs> how many of us can use some more gold, right? I think a, a pound of gold is worth something like $20,000 or $30,000. Just a pound of gold. And the writer of the book of Peter says, faith is worth more. Faith is worth more. When you are experiencing trouble, it's because your faith is being tested. And when you use those opportunities not to step back, but rather take a leap of faith and do what God has called you to do, your faith 
just grew. Your faith just became stronger. Your faith was just activated. I don't know where you are in your journey today, but maybe God is calling you to take a leap from the impossible to the possible. And when you set your eyes on Jesus, you know that the one that makes it possible, it's not you in your own strength, but it's actually God that is elevating you and lifting you up high to step into all that he has for your life. This last verse in Luke chapter 1, look what it says. Well, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 17. It says, after the disciples asked Jesus privately, we go over to 20, and it says, move here then. It says, look, look what it says, and it would move, nothing would be impossible. Luke chapter 1, verse 37 and 38, look what it says. Nothing you see is impossible with, say it with me, God. Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 27. Jeremiah, I am the Lord. I am the God of every person on earth. You know that nothing is impossible for me. Matthew chapter 19 verse 26. The message translation says, Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you could pull it off yourself. Every but God, but with God, every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. The New Living Translation says, Jesus looked at them intently. He says, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. How much of our life have we placed more faith in ourselves and in our ability than in God's sovereignty? See, I just want to live the kind of life as the worship team comes up. I believe that God has called this church community to live the kind of life that says, I am going to align and fill myself up with God's word. So that I can begin to walk a life of faith and not a life of fear. So that I can walk in the fullness of what God has for me and not just live at the bottom half and settle for whatever life gives me. I want to step into all that God has for me. And he looks at his disciples here and he says, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God... Everything is possible. And oftentimes we live in this place of impossibility. We're like this man that comes before God and we say, God, look at my situation. It's impossible. Look at my family. It's impossible. Look at my finances. It's impossible. Look at my failures. It's impossible. Do you know how much I've messed up, God? Do you know much, how much I have to overcome to just get to a place where I feel good about myself? It's impossible. Help my unbelief. God, I believe. In, when I'm in salvation, I believe, but when I'm in my situation, help my unbelief. Because my situation looks impossible. It is, the road
road seems too long. The mountain seems too big. The giant seems too large. The land seems too strong. Impossible. But I came here to declare to someone today, maybe you have the wrong I am in your possible. Maybe you're impossible because it's all connected and dependent on you. But maybe if you created some space and allow God to intervene and get in the middle of your of what's possible and what is not possible, do we have that other screen? Do we have that other screen? Then Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I am. Maybe you have the wrong I'm in your impossible situation. But I came to tell you today that when you're grounded on I am, he is everything that you need. When you are grounded on I am's promises, then your situation is no longer impossible, but you can declare I'm possible. Can anybody believe that in this house? I'm possible to overcome the Philistines in my life. I'm possible to become the head and not the tail. I'm possible to step into all that God has for me. I'm possible to serve this community. I'm possible to reach the unreached. I am what makes it possible for us. I don't want to live the kind of life that says I'm just getting by. I want to live the kind of life that it needs every ounce of faith that God can give me to reach what, humanly speaking, cannot be reached. But when we make enough space for God to come into our lives, and when the right I am gets in the middle of our situation, your impossible situation is now possible. If you believe that, give God some praise in this house. I know I'm speaking to some hearts today. I'm just going to ask you for the next second. Can you bow your head and close your eyes? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.